0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: When everything is going good, when we're, man, God's blessing, everything is good, I'm at peace with the Lord, all my needs are met, there's no wars, everything's going great. It's in that space that we want to be also careful to honor the Lord and worship the Lord. Be careful that we don't let our eyes wander on to other things and that we don't get into other stuff that we appreciate the season of peace. Amen. And and in that season, you want to glorify God worship God, serve God and be glad for the season of peace. Don't don't make God have to show up.
0: Have you ever done something you wish you hadn't done and wasted valuable time because of it? We all make mistakes. And in those mistakes, we lose time that we will never get back. Today, Pastor Bill wants you to know that surrendering yourself to God will give you the most productive and impactful life that you could possibly have. When you let him take control, you begin a life that's prosperous and not a second goes to waste. Stop ignoring the massive potential for your life and let God take control. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter 21 for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: How much evil should God stop? Right. He would have to either stop all evil or God lets you have free will and God lets us have free will. And what men do with their free will is sometimes discouraging and disastrous and despicable when we look at what they do with it. But I have to look at it and say, you know, no one's got no one's ever gotten away with murder ever. Everybody's got to give an account one day to him. No one's ever gotten away with anything. The only, per- the only way you get away with something, if, if, if you can get away, is, is that you're washed in the blood of the lamb. And in that sense, as our sins are forgiven and are washed away, our sins are gone as far as the east is from the west. Um, we can be right with God. But other than that, nobody's gotten away with anything. You know, everybody will one day give an account. And so again, now here they're, they're grieved, they're blaming us on God. Why has the Lord made a void in the tribe of Israel? Verse 16. Then the elders of the congregation said, What shall we do for wives for those who remain since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed? So notice what they do again. Who do they ask themselves? They don't pray. Still not praying. They look they look among themselves, the same people that gave you the last bad counsel, y'all Selves. They're going back to y'all Selves for another round of bad counsel. Now that our last thing didn't work. What do y'all think we should do about this 200 wife shortage for the women of Benjamin? And. They just haven't learned. And again, we're reading this and we're the benefit of kind of looking from a, a distance. I, I hope that we learn from this. Though. I hope that we learn to be people that do wait on the Lord and we don't make rash decisions and we don't seek out counsel from people that don't give godly counsel. Uh, it says in Psalm one one, blessed are all oh, how happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of God. Of the ungodly. And I would say this every time that you can get ungodly counsel from quote unquote godly people. Uh, there are supposed Christians that'll give ungodly counsel. Uh, I've, I've heard Christians telling people that they can divorce somebody because they got on each other's nerves. That ain't a verse in no Bible. That they, even the bad versions of the Bible, right? There ain't no verse in no Bible that would support that, but. You got, quote, unquote, Christian, professional Christian counselors that have said that. Yeah, you know, if you guys get on each other's nerves that bad, um, God wants you to be happy. And if you're that unhappy, then you guys can go ahead and get happy. Really? I mean, you know, that, that's but that's that happens. That happens today. So um, be careful that where do we get counsel from? We first go to the Lord. Um, there's nothing wrong. Right. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors their safety. There's nothing wrong with, with ag- acknowledging or, or being able to say, hey, there's some people that God's put in my life that I trust to give biblical counsel. I trust these people believe in the word of God. They know the word of God. And the, 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 when I ask them things, that the answers are chapter and verse. They're giving me things that line up with the word of God. Um, there's a place for that. But when people are just giving you ideas, well, this is what I think. You know, if it was me, what I would do was that you want to run from that. right? I, I don't care if it was you. It's me. Right. It's me. And I need to, I want to know what God wants me to do, not what you would do if you was me. That's what a lot of count. If it was me, you know what I would do. And, and moving on. Verse, verse 17. So it says in verse 17, it says, that, and they said, there must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin that a tribe may not be destroyed from Israel. And so, again, they're, they're very concerned with how to fix the mistake that they made here, and uh, I want to point something out as well, right? They've gone to war twice with themselves, right? They went to war with Benjamin and they wiped out all these people. and now they went to war with Jabez Gilead, another one of the tribes didn't show up at the tribe meeting and they killed them. And I just want to point out how counterproductive it is for Israel as a whole at this error in their history, that they're not knocking out enemies, they're not going against pagan nations. They're not defeating the people that God said defeat and so they've turned on one another. And if you remember in in Joshua for you guys that went through Joshua with this in Joshua there were some of the tribes and when God gave them their lot of land and said hey there are enemies in the land you got to take them out in order to occupy all the land there were people that were unwilling to fight with the enemies that they needed to go fight with. But look at how willing they are to fight with each other. And so we should be very cautious and careful about fighting with one another uh, we need to love one another when I'm talking about one I'm talking about the body of Christ so as believers as Christians we got to be so careful about being tricked into fighting with one another, battling one another, you know arguing against one another, backbiting, gossiping, putting down I can't be fighting with y'all. amen y'all can't be fighting with me right we, we, we got our fight is out there we got to come here we got to come together, We're 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 right. You take believers and it's like a family, but it's a different kind of family. Like we don't we don't pick everybody here. We're all different. Some of you guys are loud. Some of y'all are quiet. Some of y'all are goofy. Some of y'all are, you know, somber. We're all different kind of people. And God said, be family, come together and be family. There are challenges to that. But they're over there challenges that can be overcome as we do all the things God tells us. We walk in the spirit, as we walk in forgiveness, as love, as we love one another. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. And so be careful about being there. Cause I, I see some Christians that are, it's almost like they, they just attack other Christians. You know, I got a pastor, a friend of mine. He'll post something so innocent. And it's like, it's like they're Pharisees, they come out of the woodworks on the internet. I'm like, stop it, like golly. <laughs> What must this look like to the world? He's a pastor for goodness sake. He, he just gave a little nugget and they're just like, they're on there just going at him. And I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at it like these are these people go to church. These people are going to be at these people are going to be at somebody else's church Sunday. And they've been on the, all week just going at somebody else from church. I'm like, I hope I'm. I bet I never see none of y'all on there doing that. I, I'm, I'm gonna call you aside and say, Stop it, delete your account for a month, and get your wife, your walk with the Lord together. So be careful, we don't want to be doing that. And I, I thought of this, right? Like, what they wouldn't do to the enemy, they're doing to one another. There's a uh, there's a rapper, uh, he's a Christian rapper named K9. And he took all these Bible stories and he wrapped them. And so he took the story of David and Goliath and he wrapped the whole story of David and Goliath. But when David came down and, you know, remember Saul and all the army was they were cowering when Goliath would come out. and They wouldn't go out and say nothing. Um, and then David came down and was like, I'll fight him. And his brothers were like, "You, David, you're just being nosy, man. You know, go home. And they they, they put him down. And in the rap, the guy said, you know, they, they, they said that to David. He said, will 'Won't you go talk to Goliath like that. And everybody was like, ooh, you know. And I, I, I was just thinking of that, like, man, if you would take the energy that y'all are taking to bash each other and go bash the enemy, you guys would have some more land. You guys would have some more space. You know, things would be a little better for you guys. So um, moving on, to verse 18, it says, However, we cannot give them wives for our daughters, for the children of Israel have sworn an oath saying, Cursed be the one who gives his wife to Benjamin. So now they're trying to figure out a loophole. How do we get wives for Benjamin? Because we need 200 more wives and we killed and slaughtered Jabez Gilead and we short 200 wives. But we said curse be any one of us to give his wife and we're not going back on our oath. And I just I look at this and I think, man, these guys, are, they, for all the other carnality that they'll do, they're going to keep their oath. They're going to keep this word that they, they this oath that they made in a rash. You know, they should have just said, God, we repent of making bad decisions without asking you and, and, you know, went ahead and if that's what they were going to do. But they, they're looking for a loophole. They're looking for a way, how do we, how do, we do this? You know, I want to keep our oath, but we we'll want to still figure out some why's for Benjamin. And so this is what we call compromise. Compromise can be good and compromise can be bad. Compromise is good when you're trying to figure out how to work with people, you know? I'm going bend your way this time. You've been my way, we'll compromise so we can get things done. That's good compromise when you're compromising your relationship with the Lord, that's bad. When you're compromising with the world where you know God's standard is here, but you're bending the rules so that you can be over here, that's bad. And so these guys are that they're compromising in that way. Verse 19, it says they they then they said, in fact, there is a yearly feast of the Lord in Shiloh, which is north of Bethel on the east side of the highest of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem and south of Labora. Therefore they instructed the children of Benjamin saying go lie in wait in the vineyards and watch and just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances then come out of the vineyards and every man catch a wife for himself from the daughters of Shiloh <laughs> and go to the land of Benjamin. So a whole another you know he's talking about catching a wife right? They, They they're, being, they're telling, look, guys, every every year, this is a holy feast at Shiloh. And they, they're there. Now, the, the, the virgin daughters would have, they would dance. It was a time for it to be known that these are the available women and they could be they could be given in marriage by their fathers in a right way. And so um, there was a normal protocol. So if somebody was interested, they would approach. They would find out who her father is. They would go to her father with their parents and make an agreement. And then they would set up a wedding. That's how it was supposed to go. He said, this is what y'all do. When we get there, right, they're going to have their little dance. And before people can do a legitimate wedding, run out of the vineyard, snatch you up, a, snatch you up a baddie, and get on getting with her. And they're going to say. And, and when they come, when they get upset, we're going to tell them to be, be be merciful to you. Now, again, where did they get an idea like this? Right. Without prayer, once again, they just they just keep coming up with stuff. It, it just Everything that they've done so far, they just they've just come up with another. We got we, we we figured out another. We figured out how to fix the last two mistakes. This is how we'll get wives for the last two hundred guys. They're gonna snatch up wives. They're gonna go catch one. And um, so for all you singles, right? The next book, Ruth. If you want to really know how to catch somebody, Ruth to talk to us about that. This is not how you do it. You go snatch you up a virgin today. We're gonna to be somebody gonna be paying for you to get out of there. So. <laughs> They, they're gonna. They're told to wait in the vineyards at this holy feast in Shiloh where they should have been going to wait on the Lord. And um, and they're going to snatch up some wives. And so it's, this is the loophole of compromise. Verse 20, 22, I'm sorry. Then it shall be when their fathers or their brothers come to us to complain that we will say to them, be kind to them for our sake, because we did not take a wife for any of them in the war. For it is it is not as though you get you've given uh, the women to them at this time, making yourselves guilty of an oath. And so they said, it's kind of tricking." I said, "Look, it's not like you gave your daughter to them. They took them. We're good. They got wives. You didn't give them. Everybody's happy. Yay! <laughs> we figured out a loophole." And I would just say this: that there there are people that spend their walk with God rather than pursuing holiness and pursuing. The Lord, they're looking for how. What can. What can I get away with, right? Well, I can't get drunk. How much can I drink, right? I can't have sex before marriage. How, what can I do before I get married? Like, how far can we go? Y'all know those are the wrong questions, right? I always so tell the kids, if you're saying, how far can I. How far can I get to the edge before I fall over? If this is the edge and falling over equals death, what do you really want to do? You want to be up off that edge as far as possible. I be as far away from that as possible. If I'm not going to have sex before I get married. That I want to be as far away from the possibility of sex before I get married. Right? We don't want to be pushing the envelope that way, trying to see like, how how far can I go? All right? How how close can I get to the edge? How how much can I get away with and still be saved? How much will God take from me and I'm still get to go to heaven? That's how some people live this experience. And it's not to be that way. We really want to be people that are saying, God, I want to I want to honor you with all that I am. I want to do what you want. I want my life to glorify you. I want to live for your pleasure, for your glory. Whatever that is, as you reveal it, I'll obey it. As you show me, I will do it. Not how much can I do what I want, and, and, and you put up with it. And so, again, they, they found their loophole, and, you know, it's, it's a mess. And, again, as the chapter ends, it's, it's, it's the, that theme that it's, it's everybody. They just did what was right to them, and that's why things were so messed up. Verse 22. And the children of Benjamin did so. They took enough wives for their number— from those who danced, whom they caught, um, then they went and returned to the inheritance, and they rebuilt the cities and dwelt in them. And I, I look at that to say, what kind of marriages were those? You know, how I, how, how were those father, How were those in law relationships later when it was like you were one of those? You, you 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 were one of those that snatched up a woman at Shiloh that day, huh? You know, like how, how was how did, you know we don't get to know how all that played out, but I can only imagine somebody snatched up your daughter. I mean, we're supposed to have an agreement. You were supposed to come talk to me, and I was supposed to meet your parents, and you meet us, and we make an agreement about how this is going to go down, and you came and snatched her up and took her? I I just can't imagine that that went well for everybody. Um, I'm pretty sure it was some dads out there that was like, no, I'm coming back. I'll be going to meet. We're making a trip to Benjamin, so we don't have that chapter, but I I bet you, I bet you it was a couple of guys like that out there. I'd have been going back to Benjamin, so you, you, you ain't getting mine for free just take my daughter. So, you know, verse, uh, verse 24. So the children of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. They went out from there, every man to his inheritance. And in verse 25, which is uh, the, really the theme of the book of Judges, it's the mindset. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so the two things here, there was no king. Right. God wanted to be their king, but they wouldn't have him. And there weren't any physical kings. And so at this time, there was no king. There was no authority. What's a king represent? Authority, governing, someone that directs someone to say this is right. This is wrong. I'm going to execute judgment if you do the wrong thing or whatever. There was no king in Israel. And so everybody did what was right in his own eyes. This isn't far from what we see in our culture today where people do what they think is right. Here's where it's kind of getting worse in our culture that beyond, you know, people have gone beyond just doing what it is that they think is right to wanting to wanting to, wanting to pull God into the program. So there are people that are like, I'm going to do what I want to do, but I'm going to make it OK with God. I'm going to change God's rules. I know God's word says this is wrong, but I'm going to say it's OK now. I think God's OK with it now. Uh, and so there are a number of things that the Bible would say, no, that's wrong. That our culture today would say, and there are people in churches today that would say, no, it's okay now. But God changed his mind about that. You know, the, the guy at the old table is kind of mean and, and, you know, crass and, you know, really unloving and stuff. But, but, the, but the, the God after the Bible, that God that we made up, oh man, he's, he's cool with everything. Kumbaya, you know, you guys do what you want and people do what they want. It's, again, it's one thing to do what you want to do. I just want, I, I want it to be clear when people are doing their own thing, know that you do this apart from God. I think it's a shame when churches or ministers or people in a position where they're supposed to speak for God's truth will mislead people into believing that something is okay that's not okay. Because one day we're all going to stand before God for the things that we've done. Uh, If if you're not saved, you're born again, you're born again. Then the spirit of God will be inside you telling you what you should and shouldn't do, convincing, convicting and and all of that. But we want to be careful not to be those that are misled that way or trying to bring God into what we want. Um, doing what it is that they want. There's a verse in Proverbs. If you're writing notes, you can write down Proverbs chapter 14. Read it to you real quick. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And so there's a way that seems right to man. This seems right to me, but that ends in death. And so we don't want to do what's right to us. We want to do what's right to God. So here's the conclusion of the book of Judges. We're going to close this era Um, The book of Ruth is really in the same era, but it's such a different framework and what God does there is so different that I'm glad they're in separate books so we can separate the two. But here's the conclusion of the book of Judges. This whole era was a time where people did what they thought was right. And we see that it was disastrous for the nation of Israel, that that they pretty much they they didn't go to they went to war with one another. Um, They were against each other. They damaged each other. And the moral compass was horrible that Israel was worse than Solomon Gomorrah at this time, right? That when they went to Benjamin for safety, men tried to rape men. And so coming under the covering of the people of Israel and finding out that it's worse than Solomon Gomorrah, that's how bad things have become at this time. So that's what will happen when people do whatever they think. A um, couple things that, that I would want us to take home, and maybe the biggest thing that I got from the book of Judges this go around, was every time you went through that cycle where Israel would be walking with, they would be, you know, in peace with God, then they would fall into idolatry with the Lord, then they would cry out, and we see that God would hear them and answer them, send a deliverer, and then they would have a season of peace again. And somehow, whether it was 20 years, 40 years, 10 years, 18 years, somewhere in that time of peace, they would be discontented with just being at peace with God and want something else, want something more than what God had, and they would go after other gods. And they would do it so long that God would say, "Now I'm upset. Now I'm going to send uh, punishment again." And this go round, I, I was really challenged, and, and I've, I've been saying it over and over. You guys that have been here every week is that we want to really be careful at that space of life when things are going well, when everything is going good, when we're man, God's blessing, everything is good. I'm at peace with the Lord. All my needs are met. There's no wars. Everything's going great. It's in that space that we want to be also careful to honor the Lord and worship the Lord. Be careful that we don't let our eyes wander onto other things and that we don't get into other stuff that we appreciate the season of peace. Amen. Amen. And and in that season you want to glorify God, worship God, serve God and be glad for the season of peace. Don't don't make God have to show up in a way that, you know, I mean, they, they basically forced his hand. God was like, I, I got to do something. I mean, I, I can't just let y'all do that. And the Bible says about us, right? What does God promise to do to his kids? Chasing them. Guys, I promise. You my kid, you're going to know about it. You you get far, you, you, you get so far out there. God's like, I, I'm only going to let it go so far. I promise you, I discipline my kids. You know, we, we want to be careful in, in that space, in that season, when things are going good. And then lastly, Something I, I just picked up on, I've mentioned it a few times already, is this group that was so unwilling to fight the wars God had called them to fight was so willing to fight with one another. And as believers, I believe if we if you find as a believer that you're always battling with believers, right, probably it's because you're not engaged fully in the battle. God's called you to be engaged in because the more you engage in that battle, the more you realize you need each other here. The more you engage in that battle, the more you realize, I need my brothers and sisters. The more you realize that, that it's us and that, but it's not, I, I can't be at war here and there. And so I would challenge us in that as well, that we would be careful to make sure that we're our wars are in the right place, but make sure you're not fighting with people. Uh, the Bible says our warfare is, 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 is spiritual, it's not carnal. Um, it's, it's as we're out there, it's, it's, it's principalities and power, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's where the war is at. My war is not with people. People might do dumb stuff. People might be the conduits to whom the enemy is working. But my war is not with people. My war is with the unseen realm. And I, 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 my, we, my weapons are also not carnal. Right. But they're mighty in God to so the pulling down the strongholds. Less arguing, more praying. Amen. Amen. And uh, that that we would see more victories if we as a church were doing that. I'm not going to be arguing with you and battling with you and bickering with you and talking bad about you. What we can do is get in our prayer closet and get on our face and cry out to our Heavenly Father. He'll hear that. Right. And he'll do something with that. He said that in his word, he said if my people who were called by my name would humble themselves and pray, leave their wicked ways. Then I would hear from heaven and heal their land. Then then as they cried out, I would listen. And so we want to be engaged in the battle the right way, not in the wrong battles with the wrong people. And so you make sure that you make sure that you're loving one another, make sure that we're gracious to one another, make sure that you're quick to forgive one another. We will offend each other sometimes, and we just need to be quick to forgive. Love covers a multitude of sins. If I love you enough, I'll forgive you quick. Some of y'all got bad kids, but you love them, and so you forgive them. They do all kind of bad stuff, and you just you just look at their little cute face the next day, and it's like it never happened. That has to happen between us too. Amen. Love 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 each other enough to forgive quickly that God be glorified through
0: our lives. We're so glad you joined us today on A Transforming Word, where Pastor Bill has been working his way through the eventful book of Judges. In this book, you hear about men and women of valor and courage who were willing to risk their lives but put their faith in God to the test. Gideon is just one that comes to mind. As he asked God to show him what he should do, and God showed up mightily. God delights in seeing your faith grow big. Do you believe God for big things? Or do you sink into believing that it's too difficult for God? God just waiting to see you ask and trust him for things in faith. Maybe you'll have a faith story that equals some of these people in the book of Judges. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're in the area, we love to see you in person. We have services on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and a midweek service on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. You can also find us online at calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. Under the Teaching tab, you'll find links to our messages. While you're at the website, why not download the mobile app? You'll get access to all our messages, so you can have them on the go. If you haven't found what you're looking for on our website, feel free to call us at 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. Our time with you is up for today. But thanks for listening. We look forward to next time as we hear a transforming word.